Welcome to Eventive Entrepreneurs, the podcast for business inspiration, featuring innovative entrepreneurs sharing their stories, best practices, and actionable tips, sprinkled with my favorite topic, event planning advice to build community and grow your business. I'm your host, Sarah Brush. Let's get this party started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I am so happy that you are here. Today, we have Agatha Daskalidis with us. Agatha was born and raised in Brussels, the capital of Europe. She is a recovering international corporate leader, spirited entrepreneur, passionate philanthropist, obsessive about the art of relationships, and dedicated to helping others master the best strategies to build an authentic and influential Rolodex. Hi, Agatha. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks so much for having me, Sarah. It's such an honor. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm already just like jumping out of my chair with your excitement and energy. So this is going to be so much fun. It is. I can't wait. Yeah. So I want to start with something that I think is so interesting and I cannot wait to hear all about it. So I know that you recently went on a 10 day silent retreat. So I would love to hear about that. And also did that, you know, make you think differently of networking in any way? Mm, such a great question. And I think you're the first one that I'm talking officially Ooh. on this topic with. <laughs> hey, I love that. Um, I did a 10 day silent retreat. It was one of the hardest, most beautiful things I could have ever done for myself. Um, it was, it was so funny because I was having a love, hate, love, hate, love relationship with it through the 10 days. It's the 10 longest days of your life. <laughs> Um, but it was such a beautiful investment investment in myself. And I, there's something that I learned about bridging the conscious and subconscious minds. You know, your, your subconscious has nine, 95% of power on how you think, what you do daily, and you don't realize it. It's old programming, old habit patterns. And through your breath that they thought as a technique um, through your breath, you can literally bridge the subconscious and the conscious and pluck out all of those old habit patterns, which was, they call it like going to the hospital for brain surgery for 10 days. <laughs> but it was so empowering and so beautiful. Um, and if anything, I definitely realized um, how we as human beings are made for connection. Um, as Aristotle said, Human beings are social animals, and naturally, we see the companionship of others as part of our well-being, and that is something I felt hardcore when I couldn't connect with anyone. So we take a vow of noble silence, which means no eye contact, no gesture, no talking, no reading, no music, no internet, no nothing. It's really going inward, and um, just a few glimpses of eyes here and there with people that you've crossed paths with you know, during the 10-day retreat lit me up. I was literally holding on to that. The manager wrote me a note um, because I had a special requirement uh, through the 10 days. Really, I was just making an excuse to connect with someone. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. Oh. And she wrote me a note and I literally kept it on the table, on my bedside table, because it meant so much that just that connection, even though I'm not able to really talk with her, um, connection is everything. And we're, we are social animals. And it is a part of our well-being. So if anything, it 
uh, strengthened that belief that I already knew. <laughs> At any point, did you feel like you just couldn't do it? Or did you see other people that were just like, really just kind of losing their mind with oh. being quiet for so long? So what's so interesting is um, the men and the women are separated most of the time. But um, four times a day, you regroup in this um, meditation hall. They call it a meditation hall, which it's not a hallway. It's really like a ballroom. Um, and it's kind of the light is kind of dim, so you can't really see. And that's when everybody comes together. But the men on one side and the woman on the other. And I, I, I believe it's um, to avoid any distractions, to really go inward. And the ladies were so good. They were so quiet, so focused, even though I wasn't really supposed to look at them, but <laughs> I kind of like <laughs> looked yeah, around sometimes. <laughs> and the men, you could hear them fart, burp. <laughs> <laughs> that and, is so funny. Yeah. So I know a few, a few of the guys left. I found that out later. Um, but all the girls remain till the, the end of, of the course. Um, I mean, it's difficult. You're confronted with yourself. Um, you know, even the introverts that I spoke with at the end of the at the end of the retreat were like, Oof, "We're missing the connection." You know, it's it was beautiful, um, but there is something with with connection and being able to share the experience afterward is just phew, phenomenal. But I would highly suggest it to anyone. It was, as I said, one of the most painful but most beautiful experience in my life. Uh, it's called Vipassana. It's um, it's beautiful. So yeah. <laughs> Can you tell me just why you decided to do that? Because I think it had something to do maybe with a goal or not reaching a goal. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so uh, a few years ago, somebody spoke to me about this um, silent meditation retreat and it actually sparked something within me, but I never pursued it. You know, life happens and I kind of forgot it. Um, and then recently we're in the same, we graduated from the same program with Lindsay Schwartz yeah. um, and, um, being in the alum version of the program at the end, she had us come up with goals that expanded us where we felt very uncomfortable and she had us, um, decide whether we wanted something, um, to motivate us that, that is painful or pleasurable. Some, some people might be more motivated by pleasure going to a spa treatment, taking a little vacation, that'll motivate them more to achieve their goal versus some are more motivated by pain, which is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, if I do not accomplish my goal, which was a crazy goal, um, I will go sit a silent retreat. And I, my word is my integrity. I did, I didn't, I didn't accomplish fully my goal. And so, a promise is due. And I went to the silent meditation retreat with no regrets. Um, and I think also a part of me through saying, okay, I'll choose this is because I knew it would grow me. I knew right. it was not just pain for pain, but it was a pain that would have a benefit to it. And uh, my goodness, it changed my life. Yeah, I can't imagine that. And I don't think anybody can ever question that you're not a woman of your word, because if you're going to go that far to do that, <laughs> like, and you chose that, like, that's pretty special. And did Lynn, does Lindsay know you did that for that purpose? I don't think, no, I don't think I followed up and told the girls. I should flaunt it, right? Oh my gosh. gosh. <laughs> post about that right now, because I think that is super amazing. I don't you're think right. anyone, no one's going to believe that. That's super cool. So I, I want to talk to you a little bit about 
you know, I know you're a networking expert and you were in the corporate world before. How, you know, how did you become a networking expert? How do you make that into a career? I just kind of love to hear about your entrepreneurship journey. Hmm. So um, oh, this is a long story, but I'm going to try to make it short. Now that I can talk, all I want to do is talk. No, I love it. Share whatever. <laughs> um, how did I transition from corporate world to entrepreneurship? I, um, I think you, can, you get caught up in those societal norms and you get a degree and you have certain expectations and you start those expectations and you get into this hamster wheel um, is how I call it. It's the best. I'm very visual. So it's the best way I can, I can talk about it. And you just go and go and go. And I realized moving here. So I moved to the U.S. Um, from Europe a, a couple of years ago. And I, I, I left really everything behind the corporate world, um, you know, the perfect relationship, um, the house, uh, my friends, my tribe, which with whom I'm still really close friends with, but there was something inside of me that kept nudging at my heartstrings, um, saying there's so much more. And so I moved here and I, I kind of continued, you know, the trajectory that I was on. And then I told myself, I didn't leave all of this behind to continue. Um, what is it that I really want to do? And this, I kept on thinking, I want to do something that makes a difference. I want to make my own impact, uh, not for someone else, but something that's really on my heart. And I was placed there for a reason. And so um, when COVID hit, I was actually visiting my mom in Belgium. So I was, I was back in my home country and she was flipping the TV channels and I, I, every time she'd flip it, I'd know the person on TV, whether it was a news anchor, whether it was a politician, whether it was a sports athlete, whether it was a hospital representative talking about the pandemic. And I thought to myself, man, I have a really good network here. How did I do this? And then I realized I did the same thing. I moved to um, sunny St. Petersburg, not knowing but one person here. And I've created this one degree of separation address book. How did I do that? And then I thought, oh my gosh, this is how I can make a difference by teaching others to create this authentic, reciprocal, influential network that can elevate their impact in the world, what they have on their heart um, to pursue as a passion, as a mission. And I thought, there it is. Oh my goodness, I found it. And so that's how, that's how I transitioned over to becoming a networking coachette. <laughs> oh, that's so special. And did it take you a while once you moved? to Florida to like get comfortable with meeting everybody or have you always just been kind of, you know, just so spunky and out there and talking to everybody? So um, I've always, I think the easiest way to make a connection is by being open, open to meeting anyone, whether you're out walking your dog, you're at the, you're at the gym or you're getting your coffee at the local shop, um, smiling, smiling works magic and you have an instant connection. And I think that's always been a modus operandi, a way of life for me. And so it was actually interesting to transcribe what I had been doing naturally to create this powerful network um, on paper to teach others how to do it. Um, so it was, it was quote unquote easy. Um, it was painful at first because as an extrovert, not having a lot of people around me, actually none, uh, it was, I felt like, oof, it was, it was painful, but it quickly happened for me uh, serendipitously. I just stayed open and smiled and 
told people I was new in town, which is like a fast pass access to meeting new people. <laughs> um, and also a little anecdote about smiling. Even under your mask, people can see your eyes uh, light up. A little anecdote is I was invited um, through one of my connections to our local film festival. She is, um, she's a social media influencer and she had a plus one. And so she's like, would you like to go with me? And I said, of course. <laughs> so uh, we went to the festival together and simply by smiling um, to this gentleman that was passing by and nodding hello, um, he actually stopped, we started mingling and he was the film commissioner of our county and offered me a, uh, a seat on the board of directors of the Sunscreen Film Festival, which I am now today the chairwoman. So a smile, a smile can open doors to anyone, anywhere you are. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And then just also like, you know, if you see somebody doing something special that you love, like I just always, mm. you know, go out of the way and it's authentic, but like I tell people like, I love what you're doing or, you know, this is amazing. Or, you know, I just feel like it's so special to just recognize people. And like you said, you never know who you're going to be in touch with. And really like, whose life are you going to change just with that smile and make mm. their day and make them look at things differently? Mm, so I, I, love I just that. love, uh, yeah, I love everything you're saying. So <laughs> what are some ways that you would give as, I guess, as tips of the best way to do networking and then some ways that are maybe not so great? <laughs> The best ways to do networking. Um, okay, so there are many, many great ways. Um, and firstly, a little prologue. Um, know that networking is not standard. You don't simply, um, and this is probably not the best way to do it, right? This is answering the second part of the question. You don't simply go to organize meetups, um, swap business cards, cards, cars, business cars. <laughs> that would be nice. I would go there. Would nice. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, swap business cards or press a button on LinkedIn and boom, you're connected. Mission accomplished. There is a much better way to build meaningful, mutually beneficial relationships that yield results. So I would challenge all of you listening to this wonderful podcast to forget <laughs> all that you might think about what networking is and focus on genuinely building, nurturing and amazing your network. That will set you apart from anyone else that does what you do. So <clears throat> one of the tips, um, my number one would be mindset. It all starts with what is going on inside of our head. Uh, the stories we tell ourselves, our limiting beliefs, our misconceptions about networking, our fears. Uh, whether it's fear of rejection, of failure, of the judgment of others, the oh-so-famous imposter syndrome. Yes. <laughs> um, you actually have nothing to lose, but everything to gain by putting yourself out there. And by not daring beyond your fears, you're actually setting yourself up for failure. And I have heard once this quote, which is so on point, success and failure are on the same road. Success is just further down that road. So mindset, put yourself out there, dare, be bold. Um, and then another tip, um, which is one of my favorite tactics to break through that small talk and awkwardness that we all just love <laughs> is uh, FROG. And FROG is an acronym that stands for Family, Recreation, Occupation and Goals whether they're short-term goals or long-term goals. 
somewhere in the psyche of the human being, and this is so riveting because I love anything human behavior. So somewhere in the psyche of the human being, one of those four elements, F-R-O-G, most resonates. So employing frog-like questions, it totally takes the guesswork out of starting or continuing conversations in an inviting and stimulating manner. And this very technique also prevents people when they're meeting from getting on a sales pitch at the very offset of a conversation. On the contrary, it allows you to find out commonalities and make a connection, a true connection. Um, what else do I have as tips? Um, <laughs> what, about, what about for people that are more introverted? Okay. Anything special stand out? This is, a, um, this is an amazing question and I get this a lot. Um, I'm introverted. I'm shy. I'm not meant to network. Well, some of the best networkers I know are introverts. And that's not because, well, it's not despite of their introversion, but because of their introversion. They actually find settings that suit their connections. They're connecting their connection style better. For example, one-on-one -on -one interactions versus attending and mingling this larger events. So um, when it comes to introversion and shyness, it goes back to mindset. Um, and as I mentioned before, some of the best networkers I know are introverts. So if they can do it, so can you. And here's how you can take off any pressure off of your shoulders when it comes to talking to others. Whether you're shy or introverted, lean into this. Ta -ta -ta -ta. <laughs> Here it goes, get ready. Here it goes. <laughs> To be interesting, be interested. And this goes with the, the fact that our favorite topic to speak about, to chat about, to talk about is most always ourselves. So pressure off. You don't have to worry about what you're going to say next. Simply keep your ears open. I always say to my clients, you have two ears, one mouth for a reason. Keep your ears open and continue the conversation about things that interest the other person you're talking about, that catch their enthusiasm. And if you actually stick with this, you'll leave others feeling like it was the best conversation they've ever had in a while. Um, another thing, another exercise that I have my clients do is, and this is to the fear, right? I'm an introvert, I'm shy, or any other fear really, this is the imposter syndrome, um, the fear of success, the fear of failure, is asking yourself, what is the worst that can happen? You're rejected? You fail? How about this? Not taking action is a notion of failure. No one has experienced success without some level of rejection. If you think about it, J.K. Rowling was rejected by a mighty 12 publishers before Harry Potter was published. Wow. Meryl Streep was told by the film producer that she was too ugly to star in King, Dung, in King Kong. Look at her now on the Oscar red carpet. <laughs> Michael so Jordan was cut from the varsity basketball team sophomore year because he wasn't good enough. So rejection is a gift. You are going to fail. The whole game, make it fun. Transform rejection into motivation. The only way forward is through trial and error. The more you fail, the closer you are to succeeding. And stand in the very verity that what you have to offer the world is so valuable. 
you know better than anyone how your products or your services can help others. So root your confidence in that very verity. Very verity. <laughs> you are just throwing down some amazing tips. I think everybody's going to listen to this and just be ready to go. <laughs> oh, I hope so. I hope so. We're the only ones standing in our own way. You know, it's us. It's all, and it all starts in the mind. So go to every passion I retreat and then let's go. <laughs> so how have you seen the, you know, business clients that you work with, like how that's transformed their business working with you and working on networking? So, I mean, it's elevated their businesses uh, tremendously. Um, it, being able to network and expand your own network will, for example, the next, um, a next coveted introduction, a next TV coverage, um, <clears throat> a next um, um, client, der, um, all of this has happened for clients of mine. And it's all through building their network. It's elevated their impact, their influence, their income. By knowing more people, they've become the center of influence and a go-to person to meet other people. Um, now, not everybody wants to hold that, that position, but... <clears throat> It opens so many doors um, that you couldn't, you couldn't even imagine. And a lot of people know the value of networking, yet they don't tap into it. And it's so easy with the right tools and techniques, the right mindset. The sky's not the limit. limit. It's just the beginning. Yeah. And how do you work with most of your clients? Is it one-on-one? -on -one? Do you do group coaching? Or you know, how could our listeners work with you if they were interested in this? So being an entrepreneur can be a lonely journey. And as our girl, uh, Lindsay Schwartz says, we're not meant to do business or life alone. Yeah. <laughs> tap, tap. She's quoted on like every podcast that I do because every, everyone's always talking about her in some way or another. <laughs> She's, I mean, she is a walking testimony. <laughs> um, so what do I do? Well, um, it depends on the different needs. I have different programs or one-on-one -on -one coaching. So when it comes to uh, the one-on-one -on -one coachings, I actually sit with my clients and talk about their professional or even personal goals. And then we create an action plan. We draw and we color a networking roadmap. Um, and I actually have a very powerful tool to get to anyone they might like to meet. And bonus, um, and this is for my one-on-one -on -one clients and even actually people uh, in my programs, I've, the extra mile is never crowded and I look, I love to go above and beyond, um, but, and this is actually a very fun part for me, is to open my Rolodex to support my clients' missions. So if there is someone that I know in my Rolodex that's influential or powerful, can really help them uh, achieve a goal, I will put them in contact um, and ensure that success. As I mentioned, um, an ex-coveted introduction, an ex-client, an ex-TV coverage or press coverage, uh, all of the above and more. Oh, that is so great. That is so wonderful. Do you, have you had um, specific mentors or maybe mastermind programs that you've been a part of? I know we were in six figure school, but yes. you know, what kind of have you done to grow, you know, within those type of programs? Such a great question. Um, and I still do this every day. I invest in masterminds, in uh, mentoring groups in focus groups. I utilize social media and truly form relationships on there. I play super connector with my network. Um, I give without expecting anything in return. I hope, which is another acronym, help one person every day for absolutely no reason, just a random act of service. Um, 
all of those are powerful ways that have helped me build relationships and broaden my network. And that's how you can make steps forward in your business. Um, in this time of pandemic, um, <clears throat> which I believe doors are going to reopen soon, uh, <laughs> especially for you and your events. Um, <laughs> yeah. I have actually gone um, virtually and I've searched for groups that are pertinent to my industry, to my niche, uh, to my ideal clients and um, joined the groups and started a wall post saying, hey, this is Agatha from Network to Network. Uh, I'm in sunny St. Petersburg, Florida, and I would love to meet and mingle with other business owners who would be up for a virtual tea date, a virtual coffee meeting. And I would adjoin my Calendly link um, so that they can book it right away. And from that step, literally I've met, oh, I can't even, I don't even know, quite a few uh, boss babes who are now in my network. And uh, we're in focus groups together. And we, anytime somebody launches something, we support one another. We're ambassadors for one another. Um, that's how I've been building my community in this time of physical distancing. I don't like to call it social distancing, physical distancing. <laughs> I love, I think the Facebook groups are so amazing. And even though for people that are maybe more uncomfortable with networking and putting themselves out there, it's so nice because, you know, people are, you know, posting things that you can respond to and can, you don't have to just put something out there. If you don't feel comfortable right away, you can really like lead into what other people are talking about. And, and that probably helps a little bit with getting comfortable if you're, you're nervous. Oh, yeah. Like I, I know for me, like it might not seem like it, but I'm an introvert. And so, you know, when COVID hit, like it's interesting, but I just started to network so much more probably because it was virtual. And now I'm really comfortable with you know, virtual, in-person, all of that. But like, it just sometimes takes those steps and you just kind of grow into that on your own, so. Mm. A blessing in disguise it was, huh? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. That's wonderful. And as I mentioned, sincerely, some of the best networkers I know, I know are introverts. They have those empathetic competencies um, such as keen observers, intense listeners, that some of us extroverts have to activate intentionally uh, because we like to be the center of attention and the life of the party and we don't necessarily connect to connect, right? <laughs> yeah, and as you know, a former, I know you were in the event planning world as well. You know, did you learn anything about networking through that or how, do you have tips kind of when people do start going to live events again, like the best way to connect with people? Mm. Um, so, oh, that's such a great question. Um, and you can, you can actually do this virtually too, is think to, okay, let me back it up before I, before I splurge on the dessert here. <laughs> I love the way you um, put that. <laughs> okay. So a little background information. One of the main thematic in a market research uh, survey I conducted amongst approximately 100 professionals um, last April was how everyone was concerned primordial, primordially, whoop, is that English? Primarily. Primarily, <laughs> thank you, um, with their own personal benefit, which is ultimately the definition of selfishness. Mm -hmm. um, so the way people network today is all deformed. The standard approach is transactional and self-interested with the guiding principle being, what can this person do for me? There's no real sincerity, authenticity, just a desire to grab, if you're at a live event, as many business cards as possible, or if it's virtual, 
as many social media friends as possible in the hopes that one day, one of those would produce a return. Misconceptions. Networking is about building relationships, true, authentic, reciprocal relationships. It's flipping all of those misconceptions and turning them into a generous act. So what I mean by that, and this is money, you guys, this is a trade secret. This is going to set you apart and just like to be interesting, be interested. So instead of going to an event, whether online or offline, with your flamboyant hat, which has what's in it for me written all over it, <laughs> switch it to how can I add value to these new connections? How can I add value to these new connections? The currency of real networking is not greed, but service. And when you build your network the right way, you're always one connection away from anything that you could possibly need for your business. Meaning when you provide value, when you go with um, uh, um, an intention of servitude, of providing value before thinking, okay, what's in it for me at this event? And you actually set yourself apart by providing value to whoever you meet at that event. You realize that there's this beautiful law called the law of reciprocity and it's literally in our DNA to reciprocate, usually bigger to the, to the bigger extent than what you've provided the other person. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What about, and you know, we talked a little bit about this, that, you know, failure is on that same road to success. Mm -hmm. And how do you handle rejection? Like, what are some tips just, I guess, on mindset around, you know, you know, some people put themselves out there and then something negative happens and then they just go back into kind of their shell and they don't feel comfortable anymore. Mm. Um, how did, how have you handled that before? Or what advice would you give? I, um, I know that it's not about me. They're not rejecting me as a person. And, uh, another exercise I have my clients do is, okay, think of three times you said no to someone. Someone came to you and asked for something, um, asked to offer their products or services or asked for anything in the professional world, think of three times when you said no. Was it personal? No, you just no. didn't need it at that time. You didn't need those services. You didn't need that product. It wasn't the person themselves. It's, it's you not needing that. So it's not personal. And then to get back in the game, I have them um, turn it up in their mind and asking themselves and respond to it as loudly as they can. Does your product or service help others? Yes. <laughs> then you have a responsibility to get back out there, to share it with your network so that people that need what you can offer can find you because otherwise they're going to go somewhere else to someone else and not might be, and might not be as well served as you would have served them. That's so perfect. I love that. This has been such a wonderful conversation, just filled with tons and tons of value. Do you have anything else that you want to share with the listeners? <sighs> um, <laughs> I think one of the nuggets that I gave you today is hope, H-O-B-E, help one person every day. And if you can actually set in your schedule, put it in a calendar at, um, invitation that's recurring on the daily and think of, okay, who has a podcast that's, uh, that needs an episode, uh, that has an episode coming out that I can share for no reason at all on my story, on my, 
um, profile or who has a book coming out that I can help them with or connect them to somebody that's already written a book uh, for added value, who has a big event coming up uh, that would love some extra promotion, promotion, and just simply doing an act of kindness and servitude without being asked is going gonna, is gonna to take you from exponentially from where you are to, um, how do you say, um, oh, I can't find it. Not a trampoline, not a catapult, but ah, not a bounce. I can't anyway. think of the word, but I definitely know what you're trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> it will catapult you and it will set you apart and you'll become top of mind in your network as a person that they'll want to reciprocate to and they'll want to help. Um, and so if somebody asks, um, for example, me, if somebody says, hey, do you know um, a grand event planner um, right away because you just invited me on your podcast, I'll say, oh my gosh, yes, right, top of mind, Sarah, and connect you to. So not only will you get an amazing joy at helping other people for no reason, but it will place you as um, top of mind person that others will think of to connect you with future opportunities. Oh, I so believe that a hundred percent. And I think, you know, and once you start doing that, it just becomes so natural that you just do that on a regular basis. And oh, yeah. that's my favorite thing to do. I absolutely love it. And sometimes I feel like I don't even need my own business. Like I just love like hearing <laughs> people's business, connecting people. And I think that's why this podcast is like, you know, I really loved is because I just love hearing about people's businesses and how they're serving people and being able to share that. So I'm going to put all of this in the episode notes, but what is the best way for people to connect with you and support you? Well, as you can imagine, I'm a social butterfly. <laughs> so <laughs> you can find me on all the social platforms. Uh, I love getting DMs out of the blue of people just connecting. And I, I typically, I try every single time, but I've been a little slow since I've been back from Vipassana. Um, to, as, as soon as I get a new follow, I actually write, a message and connect with the person and see who they are. How are they? I go and visit their profile. So you can always connect with me via Instagram, um, Facebook, LinkedIn, all the social platforms. Uh, I love to have, to have people pop up and just make new connections and see how I can serve. And Agatha, you just really live everything that you're talking about. I mean, just even just our communication, you'll send me, you know, emails with really sweet messages, you know, right away, you, you, you know, set up a meeting for us to connect for 15 minutes for virtual coffee. I mean, you're so great at that and your energy and just your love for what you do just totally radiate. So I really appreciate it. And I think you're going to really help so many people. So thank you so thank much you for so being much. here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And right back at you. It takes one to know one and look at the difference you're making. Thank you for Aww. having me. It's an honor. Thank <laughs> you so much. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd love to connect with you on Instagram at Event of Brush and in our private Facebook group where we continue this conversation. All of these details are listed in the episode notes. Your time is valuable and I appreciate that you spent it with me. 